This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? All right, well, we are live. Apologetics live. Whoa, coming to- whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Whoa. What? Isn't this, this is matter of theology. This isn't Apologetics Live. No, 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 no. This is Apologetics Live. It's Thursday night. It's 8 o'clock. We're recording live. No, we, matter of theology records on Thursday nights. Oh, yeah. But you're not live. But you are now. So how in the world did I end up here? Well, oh, wait. I I, I would like to thank you for inviting me onto my show. You know, well, the reason, the reason that I'm on here is because, well, it's Thursday night. We're live. And, I think you had it on Matter of Theology podcast. Didn't you have a, a thing where you had Chris, your co-host, saying that you weren't going to be around, but he ditched you to be in Florida? That's right. He yeah. did ditch he me ditched to go to Florida. Yeah. And like, so... I, I mean, who does that? Exactly. So we had to do something. And so mm-hmm. we're combining both Apologetics right. Live and Matter of Theology. That's right. Which, by the way, it was really just a ploy so that I could slip in and be the most returning guest to... Matter of theology. That's really what it's all about. But with that, I will bring in Dr. Silvestro and Pastor Justin, who are also part of the team here at Apologetics Live. Welcome to the Matter of Theology podcast as well. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if I had a chance to go to Florida and skip out on anything with Andrew, I'd go to Florida. <laughs> you know what? I no, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Florida, for, for, hold you on, Drew. still get phone calls from Andrew hold, while you were there. Hold on. For the record, for the record, I was in Florida. He skipped out. He was on his way to Florida, decided, no, I'm going to turn right around and head back home. Okay, yeah. just for the record. <laughs> and we're, we'll, we'll, we'll save why he did that on the second hour, um, just so that uh, we, we don't bring that into the matter of theology. They're, they're going to have to come listen to Apologetics Live to hear why Anthony turned around. Unless yeah, you want right. to share but, it, you know, I'll leave that up to Chris you. With Chris not being here, we had to get two extra guys to cover for Chris. No, actually, actually, we got, you, you know, because we have an, a, more than that. another person, because <laughs> we actually brought in from the Rap Report podcast, Bud, because he's able. Whoa. So, we, so it, we have four people to replace Chris. You know, when you got a guy like Chris that just has so much scriptural knowledge just right off the top of his head, I mean, I can't cover that. Okay. No, 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 so no, no. I need no. help. No, your co-host Chris has Thomas Watson on the top of his head. That's yes. that's about it. 
It's Watson who had all the scripture. Watson's the man. Yeah, you can't get Chris to stop talking about Thomas Watson. That is true. Yeah, don't don't get him started. So so what we we figured we'd do because for Paul Jacks Live, and I should let folks know if you they want to come in, just go to apologeticslive.com. Apologeticslive.com, and if you click the little duck. That's the StreamYard link, and that gets you in with us to be able to join us for tonight. So with that, what we're going to look to do tonight, though, is we want to basically start off. I I hope this isn't anyone a shock to anyone, Drew, but um, I think we had an election that a lot of Christians are like all worried about. Yeah, it's the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah, this this was the one that we had so many of, you know, the Lord's anointed uh, (laughs) prophesy about this. And then that fell through. And And then they had to tell they're right. Right. Yeah. yeah, And then we had all this QAnon (laughs) nonsense that was supposed to take place. And now neither one of them are trusted. Uh, But, yeah, people are flipping out about this election uh you know trump isn't president anymore what are we going to do the world's gonna gonna melt down uh america's gonna crumble because sleepy joe is now in the white house and who knows you know before you know full dementia sets in and the 25th amendment is invoked and 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 then we're left with kamala harris okay but there's there's two concerns that i seriously i have with with joe biden being in the white house one it's a much bigger basement. It's going to take him longer to come out. And two, I hope that he has Secret Service with him because he's going to get lost. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I, I could just see it now. Can someone find the president? We can't find him. Yeah, just let him draw himself a map with crayon. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. In reality, don't they have a don't they have an elevator into the skiff down there? And it's like a, a padded elevator, I believe, too. So I think they should be okay. I I can't speak about that, but I do know someone that's been in the elevator. I'll just say that. (laughs) So, so, I mean, look, there's there's a lot of Christians, I think, that are really, they put way too much hope Mm -hmm. in in a president, in in hoping that a president was going to make this country more moral, which is really what I think a lot of them were looking for. I think that's called post-mill, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Drew is outnumbered here. <laughs> oh, again. Sorry. Uh, I mean, not really. But, you, no, hold on. Not no, really. I just believe that the Great Commission is going to be successful. So if you want to call that post-mill, we can call that post-mill. I just believe in the victory of the gospel in the world. So carry yeah. on. Yes, carry yeah. on. Yeah. You know, as long as that doesn't take seven dominions and uh, <laughs> now, yeah, now that I will, I will speak against. I'm not, I'm not yeah. about the seven, seven mountain mandate. And all that. Why not? Why? It works so good. Hey, quick chat. We got a, we, we got someone who's, uh, Ted is saying good afternoon from Sydney, Australia. God bless you brothers for great, for your great work. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. I'm, uh, I'm glad I can, you know, bring the great work uh, to this show. <laughs> he's a humble guy and he's proud I of like it. Hey, and I, we should let folks know if they want to. Thanks it, for having me on. No problem. No problem. I already no problem. like it. No problem. Yeah, this, is, this is the most humble show in podcast history. All right. I'm writing a book called uh, Humility, Be Like Me. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's a great out, title. I found out the other day that um, uh, somebody had said that 
that one of the new ploys was to use the the fake book background um, from <laughs> Zoom or to just uh, use a cover cover like uh, deal for your back. And so mm-hmm. what I did is I made sure uh, that 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 my background look exactly like a prison. Okay. So, so there's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So, so bud, you, you and I were recording earlier this week, actually Wednesday, yesterday with, with Phil Johnson. And he had a zoom thing that he had where he had the background. It was, it was looking like he was in prison. I was trying to convince him to, to stay with that the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that would have been good. But I'll give a, let folks know if, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, and you want to make sure we answer any of your questions, make sure we not, don't miss it, or just want to show your support, there is a super chat button. So if you click on the little dollar sign and click that, you can ask a question that donates to Striving for Eternity. And um, that will that's a nonprofit, so you can count it as a tax write-off. And um, that is, shows your support, and we will always re- read what those say. So, um, so Ted's asking, can we put in a pre-book order for that book? <laughs> he wants a copy he wants to know how to be humble like drew so yeah that's a good book so, so well, let's actually we do have a question here uh, okay facebook yeah, user and so. by the way for for folks who who do need to know uh if you're on facebook on apologeticslive.com there is instructions on how to get your name to show up so it doesn't say facebook user because i doubt your parents named you facebook and their last name was user <laughs> i'm just saying so <laughs> So, uh, Anthony, you want to read the question there? Absolutely. So, <clears throat> I have a question. Should, shirt, should churches consider church discipline for members who emphatically and consistently support wicked and godless policies, such as voting unapologetically for the Democratic Party? I struggle with understanding how to reconcile such a position with a biblical worldview, so I'm curious as to how elders should handle this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of goes in line with the question that uh, or the statement that was made um, on one of Andrew's posts um, where, he, where he actually dealt with this entire situation. And somebody had made the statement that Andrew was a, um, a devil worshiper or something along that lines because he um, he actually uh, dealt with how Christians are supposed to respond in the situation of the president we have and whatnot. And, and I think it kind of goes along with that. Um, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who don't know the politics. They don't know the mm-hmm. uh, what's going on, and they don't understand it. You know, I've, I've talked to many people today. Uh, you know, I just can't believe that uh, you know Biden in his in 36 seconds he signed 10 executive orders and he took away the Keystone Pipeline and he he opened abortion. There, we didn't know that was going to happen. Well, if all the media you ever get is from the left wing socialist media, the fake news. And, and things like that. You're not going to hear everything that's out there that's, that's talking the truth, and you get pigeonholed into you know, a narrative. And if that's all you ever hear, well, you think that everything that's uh, you know pie and sliced bread when it comes to to uh, what they're doing. And so you're going to vote for it if you don't know where to search. You don't want to listen. Yeah, and that's for folks on for matter of theology. That is Pastor Justin Pierce of Tennessee. Um, regular here at Apologetics Live, but I, I, you know, I think as I think about this, uh, we've done a couple of Apologetics Live shows on this, but I find it hard to believe that someone that professes the name of Christ could understand the Democratic Party and support it. Right, I agree. agree. What if they don't understand? And so that's well, where I was going. There. And and that's the difference. I think I think that's where you have grace. I mean, 
you you have to understand that people are learning. Yeah. 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 Now, so what I would, how I would answer that question in, because you would do it in a in a post mill way kind of way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, if it's post mill, you, you you beat them until they submit. That's, that's right. Part of it. That's right. Until faith gets infused in. Them. Until it's put in. The- All the infusion. Yeah. You gotta have so, uh, so so for the listeners, uh, I'm not a pastor, but I am here with pastors. But you cosplay um, a pastor, right? Huh? But you cosplay a pastor. That's right. Oh, yes. Just like Raphael Warnock. I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express at some time in my life. Uh, but in, in talking about that, is, is that a church discipline issue? I wouldn't say that's necessarily a church discipline issue. I would say that's a discipleship issue. That's a part where a pastor or an elder needs to take this person aside and actually break down what the democratic platform is. Because at its core, the democratic platform is nothing but the sins of Romans 1. So if you've got a pastor that understands that, they need to take this person aside and they need to go through the sins of Romans one and explain how that relates to the democratic platform. And, and then so that they can see that. And that's more of a discipleship issue than I would say a church discipline issue. A church discipline issue is something that relates to more of a personal ongoing sin that refuses to be repented of. Yes. This is almost close to bud. What we did on the rap report podcast when someone asked the question after you dealt with the subject of masks and they were being told they'd be disciplined out of their church if they yeah. didn't wear a mask yeah. because the church had a policy that you had to because they thought it was a law. So I, I think there are a lot of things that people are abusing church discipline with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, and I agree with what Drew has said. Uh, you want to show grace and you want to presume when you run into somebody like this that they need to be taught. Mm-hmm. Maybe they genuinely don't understand. Now, once you go down that road of discipleship with them, you're going to find out pretty quickly, I think, whether or not they exhibit the very fundamental uh, description of what a disciple is. Are they willing to learn and react and submit to what Scripture would clearly teach? If they refuse to do that, then you might be migrating into a different area uh, that could eventually lead to discipline. But you know, from the outset, I think I think you approach it as a discipleship opportunity that someone needs to needs to be taught. Yeah. Well, but it's good that you agreed with Drew on his program. But <laughs> so Jeremy Howard gives a, a – actually, speaking of payment, here's uh, Jeremy Howard uh, threw five bucks our way. So here's a question. He gave a super chat. Is Michael Heisner's divine counsel teaching dangerous? Any, any of you guys familiar with that? I'm not. I'm not. But I'm counting on you. Are you? Yeah, I'm um, counting on you. you. You know, like everything about every, everything. No, no. My, my default position is if it's somebody I don't know, they're dangerous. <laughs> wow okay so on creation and so once i hear that they're dangerous oh there you go so what's his view on creation uh very similar to tyler velos ah okay so he he takes more of the the polemic argument for genesis or at least genesis one and two well i mean that's what they want to call it yeah but, so yeah. so for, let me just give folks what that is in case jeremy or others don't know that so when it comes to the first two chapters of genesis you have a couple of different views you have some that will say that there's actually teaching an old earth view um and that the the earth could be very old some that will try to say that it's teaching evolution some that won't you have the biblical position which would be that it's clearly laying out a literal six-day creation and one day of rest six 24 rough hours of of time um and then you have the polemical or, or literary arguments and what those are is they try to say that this is actually a um a polemic of the 
for the Jewish people against the Egyptians as they came out, and this is them giving a polemical argument. So that that's... I, for some people, I can't say it's for all people, but for, for at least for some people, I think it's a way out of having to deal with whether a young or old earth. It's a way of just saying, I don't deal with the issue. It just, it's just a polemical argument. It's not trying to teach whether the earth is old or young. So, um, But Jeremy, I would have to uh, get a hold of the book and, and uh, read through it to, to be able to give you a better answer. Sorry about that. But let, let's talk, Drew, about theology. Yes, that's kind of your your podcast, Matter of Theology. So, in a matter of theology, how do we deal with some of the things that we're looking at in our culture as far as the way some Christians are viewing the this whole election and now President Biden? Yeah, well, I mean, you touched on it when we first started, and that's where people put all their trust and all their faith in the position of president uh, yeah. rather than in the sovereign God and the Savior, Jesus Christ. So when people look at whoever pre- the president is, they start uh, evaluating how things in the country are going to go, and then they base really their faith off of that. So uh, they view America as the new Jerusalem, the Republican party as the apostles, the Democrats as the Pharisees and the president as the savior. Um, So what they're really doing is they're viewing America. They're reading America into scripture. uh, And and that's the wrong way to do it. Right. America isn't the savior. America is a nation that will rise and fall like any other. But what we need to do as Christians, is we need to say, okay, this is a man that's raised up by God. And we we first need to understand that God raises up the leaders. He just uses the means of the vote for the people to raise up the leader. God raised up Pharaoh, right? So he raises up the leaders in our nation and he will raise uh, good leaders to bless the nation, or he will raise wicked leaders to judge a nation. Now, what we as Christians need to do is go, no matter who is in the seat of president, God is on the throne, right? Christ rules and reigns now, and we need to be serving him, not the president. We need to be looking to Christ as the savior and that whoever is sitting in the position of president, God put them there for his glory, and we need to serve God through that, whatever whatever that may mean uh, or whatever that may look like. So say we have... Uh, Say we have something coming down uh, that's on the horizon like the Equality Act. The Equality Act is is really going to punish people for speaking out against things like homosexuality and transgenderism. Well, what do we do as Christians? Well, we don't cower and we don't hide and we don't run, right? We don't don't go into our Christian ghettos where we feel safe. We actually say, uh, no, we are going to stand on Scripture alone and we're going to proclaim the truths of the gospel regardless of what it costs because that's how – that's how the church advances. The church has always advanced and done its greatest work when the time seemed the darkest. Okay, look at the, fir- the first century, the, the, the establishment of the church through the apostles going out and, and preaching the gospel. There was mass persecution going on all over the place. Okay, 
Nero was was taking Christians and burning them for his garden parties. Okay, so persecution going on all over the place, but the gospel spreading like wildfire. You have the Reformation, right? Where 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 we're reforming worship, we're breaking away from 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 uh, Rome, and Christians are being persecuted. The gospel spreads. It, the Reformation went from it went from Germany. It went to Switzerland. It went to France. It went to England. It went to uh, uh, Scotland. It came all the way across the pond through the Puritans here to America. Um, when it seems the darkest, that's when Christians should actually rejoice because now there's ample opportunities to evangelize and spread the gospel. Now you don't have to go searching for them. You preach the gospel. They're coming to you. And now that's just more people to, to preach the gospel to. Uh, so, so how Christians should view everything that's going on right now is we should say, well, I'm going to rejoice because now these are, these are more opportunities for me to evangelize and for me to stand upon the truth of, of, of God's word. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this, and this may be a good question to bring in now because there's someone that's asking this question because this is really underlying a lot of what you're saying. Joe, Joe asked this question on Facebook. Why are people indifferent to doctrine? I'm Reformed, but I have an SDA, which stands for uh, Seven-Day Adventist, SDA pastor friend who I disagree with is not big on doctrine, which is troubling. Um, so let me, let me first, before you jump on that, Drew, I'll just put it this way. I think part of what, the reason an SDA pastor isn't going to be interested in, in uh, theology is because they have bad theology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, and that might be why is their focus isn't so much on the theology as much as it is on other things. But mm -hmm. he brings up a, a good point. Uh, just ha so it's up there. The, the, why are people indifferent? So let me, let me first kick this off to Drew, and then to uh, I want to ask Anthony Sylvester, Doctor Sylvester, what he thinks on that as well. So, so Drew, why why do you think people are indifferent toward theology? Yeah, people are indifferent to to doctrine because people don't like for their view or their specific doctrinal teaching to be viewed as wrong, right? That's why, you know, today I, I, there's many Christians believe or professing Christians that we can talk to and we'll say, well, that's how you view it. That's how you view that. And we've 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 come into this place of relativism. Well, if if relativism is true, then you can't know anything because there's no standard by which to measure anything. So people don't like discussing doctrine or they're indifferent to doctrine because they don't want to actually have to examine what it is they believe. Doctrine divides. Mm -hmm. That's right. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, actually, you, you bring that up and there's a. Uh, <clears throat> there's an interesting thing about doctrine. It does divide, but it also unifies. And, and people will always sit there and say, well, you know, I posted um, <clears throat> the quote that, we, that we'll have on, on the Rap Report podcast that drops on Sunday. Uh, I was asking Phil Johnson, you know, what do we view, how do we deal with these times that are, we're looking at right now? And there's a lot of Christians that are concerned. And, and he goes, well, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a Calvinist. Which I thought was a great line. <laughs> he knows God's yeah. sovereign. And I had someone that responded going, why can't we all just put these doctrine things on, like, on the side? Like, it's just not that important. And my response was, is that your doctrine? Yeah, right. And like, yeah. he doesn't even realize he's trying to teach me something <laughs> about how I should treat doctrine, ignoring yeah. the fact that he's 
doing a doctorate. So he then he then was like, you know, he's like, you know, are you just looking to have an argument? I said, no, I'm trying to show you have a failed argument. He goes, I'm not trying to make an argument. I said, okay, so you don't understand what doctrine is, nor do you understand what an argument is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doctrine just means teaching, right? But, so. But it people unifies about, as well. Oh, you're just indoctrinating people. Well, either I'm indoctrinating them or you're indoctrinating One them. of us is. Yeah, one of us is. Yeah. But, but let's look. We got five of us here. Okay. We, we obviously all don't agree on our doctrine. I mean, four of us have a proper view of end times, and, and then there's yeah. Drew. Um, <laughs> I was actually going to point that out myself. I thought, you know, it, it was spectacular, all that, st- all that stuff that Drew was just, you know, I mean, just the vitriol and just the power and, and, and the, the we're going to win. And I saw this I saw this thing where these guys are saying, saying that, the you know, dispensational, you know, you're, you're the escape escape artist. And I understand why people say that. And I do, because actually the church I grew up in, um, they would always teach, you know, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. But don't worry before anything bad happens. Jesus comes and takes you home. And I and, and I said, and for the longest time, I was like, man, I'm just so ready for that. I'm just so ready for that. Just, you know, Lord, take me home. Nothing bad is ever going to happen to me. And then I did something that made everybody mad. I read the Bible. And when you I read the Bible, that. I know when I read the Bible, I, I, what, what I hope it was just the read letters, though. Just the red just letter. The red letters. Yeah, okay. Good, just, good. just read. <laughs> but actually, what, what I did is I, I read the Bible and it actually informed me that, no, we're not going to. Our, our own personal um, uh, fight and our own personal jihad and our Christian jihad or whatever, we're not going to run in and take over. We're not going to uh, take dominion. We're not the ones going to be doing this. It is God himself that's going to do it and Christ himself that's going to do that for his own glory and by his own power. Actually, he tells us when he's going to return, what it's going to be like. He says, for as it is in the days of Noah and the time of Lot, that's the way it'll be when the Son of Man returns. And I haven't, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen any demons running around yet. You know, I mean, I know we've probably seen some demon possessed people, but not like what we're talking about with, you know, Lot and Noah and the things that are going on with that. The we haven't seen that level of, you know, national worldwide depravity um, to that point yet. And it's going to get it's coming. It's Uh, coming. But here's the thing. I want to point this out, though. So we see we have five of us here that don't all agree theologically. Mm -hmm. And yet what does our doctrine do? It it doesn't divide us. It's actually unifying us, right. because even though we have our differences, we know where those differences are, and yeah. yet the core issue of how we come to Christ, we have the same. That's unity. That yeah. doctrine gives us unity, even though we have some differing views. Right. Now, if I can speak into that a little bit, uh, some of the best and most edifying conversations you can have are with believers who hold to a slightly different doctrine than you, you know, kind of like we do, because what does that do? It drives us to the scriptures and it takes us into deep dives into the scriptures so that now it's not our our discussion isn't really about, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I just beat you over the head back and forth. Now our, our discussion goes, let's go to the scriptures and let's unfold the scriptures. So we're so now we're we're all being edified just by diving into the scriptures. That's that's incredible. That, that's I, I totally agree. And as soon as you repent of that position, you're taking, <laughs> we're all going to be in perfect fellowship. And so so now, I, you know, I wanted to, I, I did say I wanted Dr. Silvestro to answer that. So Dr. Silvestro, he took off. Oh, oh look, an empty yeah. chair. You know, he's this. He's probably this, gone off to repent. Look, yeah, he went off to repent of his his bad teaching. You know, this reminds me of the 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 debate that I had with a black Hebrew Israelite. 
and I debated an empty chair because no one would show. <laughs> oh, come on, Mike. So, Mike yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for those who don't get the joke of, of, of either of those. So I, I had a bunch of black Hebrew Israelites a challenge to debate me. But every time we'd set that up, they would disappear. They wouldn't show up. So we finally set up a debate and I just said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And the moderator introduced me. I did my opening. He goes, I'm going to let the Black Hebrew Israelite introduce himself. And we put up an empty chair. And uh, so I actually debated an empty chair. And uh, we had someone come on to this show a couple weeks ago on Apologetics Live and he wanted to debate me. And um, yeah, he, just, he, he never came in. He just sat in the private chat calling me Mike the whole time. My name says Andrew, like right down there. <laughs> But how successful were you with the empty chair? I didn't see that. So, <laughs> well, it, he put it. Well. He, he gave a really good argument, but he, it was it was a little empty in the end. I gotcha. Okay. So, oh, oh look, there's there, Dr. Silvestro's back. So now that we're done making fun of Dr. Silvestro, maybe he can answer the the question and stop being such an empty suit. Um, <laughs> oh wow! So, oh man! So. Anthony, he'll, he'll repent later. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think doctrine is so important? I'm asking you because you you just last night did a whole um, a whole talk about the issues of, of our, our social system and things we see in responding to social justice. Is theology important in, in these matters? Well, you have to unmute yourself. He's a professional at this, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> Now, here's the issue is what is our standard of truth, right? This is we, anytime we, we decide anything or we think about anything, I should say, we have to go back to what the ultimate standard is. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, our ultimate standard is always the Bible. And so when we talk about doctrinal issues, so this could be among the cult Christian cults out there versus what we would in general believe about the gospel, or we talk about the issues of last night, social justice, and going through why is homosexuality wrong? Why is transgenderism wrong? Why are so many of these social issues wrong? Well, the standard is not our personal opinions. Our standard isn't laws of society or what government says. Our standard has to go back to Almighty God. So, so that was the context last night in working through social issues and how we teach people to use the Bible as their source of truth. Having said that, let's go back to the question regarding Seven Day Venice. Here's my biggest problem. It's a cult. Amen. And unfortunately, way too many Christians don't know that or don't understand that. Right. And I run into this issue all the time with with my pet peeve, Roman Catholicism. So invariably, almost everywhere I speak, when it's not in a specific church, like a Baptist church, almost anywhere I speak, like what I've been doing the last couple of Wednesday nights in this large gathering, there's always Catholics in the crowd because they've been welcomed by other Christians who say, who think that they're brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. The Catholics tell you that they are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so nobody thinks to look at the doctrine, look at the issues, look at what the gospel is according to the Bible and what the false gospel is according to Roman Catholicism. Well, we see the same thing with with Mormons. We see the same thing with Jehovah's Witnesses. We see the same thing with Seventh-day Adventists. They're just really, really sneaky about it. And so that's my first issue is Christians need to start waking up to these cults that are out there. And they need to see, they need to understand what the gospel is, how to defend the gospel, and then 
understand how to talk to these other Christian or to these Christian cults. And I'm seeing a cluck commander that rather than playing with chickens tonight, he has got a, a pretty interesting book. And, and I should probably tell a story about this book because Andrew, you know about this, but you don't know about the, the, uh, the update. So last week I spoke at this, this large group and I did a talk called, uh, morality, rights, and the proper role of government. And so when we want to understand how do we properly interpret Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, we have to go back to why did God establish government in the first place? God established government as a way to protect our rights. And where do rights come from? Well, they're tied to God's morality. And where's morality come from? Well, they're tied to God. So it's, it's a really interesting chain to, to talk through. Having said that, I get done with my talk. I... I advertise my book and Andrew's two books. And I had somebody come up to me after the, after the live Q and a people just come up to you and ask you questions. And so one female kind of waited to the end and she comes up to me and she says, Hey, you know, I got a question for you. How do you know that everything in this book is true? And I said, well, you know, my ministry partner, he's, uh, he spent, so thank you. Thank you, Laura. He spent 12 years, 14 researching. 14 <laughs> short. Sorry. <laughs> so he spent 12 years. Really it was 14 years studying the doctrines of these cults. And he took what he learned, went to leaders of those cults to say, Hey, am I representing your religion's rights? And every one of them signed off on it. And Andrew published it in his book. So I explained this to her and she says, well, you know, I think there's a couple of errors. And I said, well, where? And she goes, well, in this section on LDS, I said, interesting. What do you think's wrong? And uh, she started to talk. And then I said, by the way, are you uh, LDS? (laughs) And she was. So I had an opportunity to witness to her now for about 15 minutes. Mind you, she's at this group that is largely Christians and patriots. um, But they get Catholics in there. They get apparently a Mormon in there and a few others. So she was there. She asked me those questions. I witnessed to her hardcore for 15 minutes, told her it's a cult, told her all kinds of stuff that she needs to get right with God. And she needs to repent and put her trust in the real Jesus. And uh, she, she ended up leaving after that. And that was fine. We, we parted on, on good terms. So I go speak at the same group last night and the event organizer comes up to me and says, hey, you know, you asked me about this this girl, um, Nicole, and uh, and she says, I don't know who she was. I don't know where she came from. But last night, my friend said, hey, did you meet my friend Nicole who is there? Because she talked to your speaker about her religion, Mormonism, and thank you so much. He spent with the time he spent with her that uh, she's now really questioning what her beliefs are. All right. Well, that's great. So I said, praise God for that. And I said, Hey, if my phone or my wife's phone number, we'd be happy to meet her for coffee, whatever we have to do. But it's a wonderful, wonderful to see. And here's the thing is that we have to be willing to have these conversations, these hard conversations with people. It is way too easy for us to say, Oh, well, say you believe Christ. Okay, cool. You must be good. You must be that one Catholic that is, that is okay. Must be that one Mormon. It seems okay, and it's not. Well, especially especially now. Um, hey, listen, we we got a question that came in. Uh, Matt Slick from Carm.org says, "What's the topic?" Well, we we were going to talk about Matt Slick and all the bad theology. We were talking doctrine and 
how it you know causes division and and that's matt slick right you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course now he's and look he even says he says ah sounds good very worthwhile topics <laughs> so you know that, that is a great example of just grabbing two compl- that is called proof texting right there folks i grabbed two se- <laughs> totally different comments out of context and slammed them together <laughs> i'm gonna hear that from matt tomorrow <laughs> so so uh you know the the thing though i think when, as we look at the the election and by the way anthony that that is that's cool that i got to, to hear the follow-up to that um yeah, and now that, we're yeah. waiting to hear the rest of the the follow-up you know um but here here's the thing we have a lot of people that i think have invested way too much time james Watkins, flying demon babies is a topic for folks who don't know, flying demon babies are going to have to go to Genesis six and look at Nephilim and then listen to Pastor Frank Mullison to get that inside joke. But yeah. so, so here's the I thing: they became aliens, didn't they? Yeah. Well, if they become aliens, then then Matt Slick's going to love that. You know, he'll, he'll buy into it. So, so here's the thing: when we look at this, we I see a lot of people who have invested way too much time, too much energy into politics um i did last week bud and i on the rap report we did one on on political activism and i put in i put the link there um to that to the website if you go to strivingfraternity.org and just search for political activism but it's it's very interesting that that really hits it and the one thing that people really get upset with in that article is that i asked the question do christians know the republican party's message better than the gospel message yeah. I get more heat on that one line in that article, like every four years, you know, and, and it, it, it makes me wonder. I mean, it's like, Bud, you and I just interviewed Phil Johnson from Grace to You, and one of the things he mentioned is that MacArthur's book on, um, on government, government Can Save you. you, yeah, Government Can't Save You, is the least popular book that he has. So, you know, what, wow. you, what you end up seeing is that there's a lot of people that don't want to have a biblical view. Mm-hmm. Of, of government as a from a Christian perspective and so drew I know you've been you've been kind of thinking about this for a bit and I know bud and I've talked we've done two shows on the rap report on this but what what is <laughs> you're holding up death of death we're gonna get to that we, we have that we have that coming um, I just didn't want to forget it no I have I have it up over here don't worry. And by the way, I see Phil in the, in, in the backstage, and he was holding up the book. What do, What do they believe as well? So kudos to Phil. Um, <laughs> here, let's we'll, we'll put him in. So there he is. See, he's going to come in, in in a little bit because he's got a question for us. But when when we look at this, Drew, and we think about the the Christian and the relationship we should have to government, mm-hmm. what what relationship should we have to government that um, as a Christian and and because we're seeing a lot of Christians that are really nervous about things going on right now. Um, We've been saying theology counts and matters. So how does that help us in times of that could cause anxiety like this? Yeah. I mean, our relationship to government, you know, and, and it was mentioned earlier, um, you know, Romans 13. Um, and, and that's been over 2020 with the whole COVID stuff and the shutdowns. Almost every pastor was saying we need to adhere to Romans 13. Um, but w- w- the government is put in, in position by God, raised up by God to, to wield the sword. 
uh, of justice. So, so they are to, uh, they are to punish evil and they are to act righteously, but they're to do that according to God's standard, to God's law. And, and our law system is actually set up um, through English common law, which King Alfred, you know, established that basically just by the book of Deuteronomy using that. So, but our relationship to the government, we should say, okay, when government acts justly, we need to we, we should follow and submit to government. So, you know, a good example would be like John MacArthur. When all this COVID stuff first happened, they didn't know the extent of what was going on. They, all these reports were coming out. And so John MacArthur faithfully said, OK, we don't know the extent, but we're going to submit to what our authority, our governing authorities say out of because due to Romans 13. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so they did that. But then once it started coming out that what they were saying wasn't actually true, they said, OK, well, we're not going to follow that anymore. We're, we're going to we're, we're going to open up. We're going to stand. We're, we're going to continue to preach the gospel. We're going to you know, people just started showing up because they missed the fellowship and, the, and, and things like that. And then the government tried to shut down the church. Um, and, and then people were saying, well, he's not adhering to Romans 13, but he did initially. So he initially submitted to them and what they, they requested of them uh, because they, they didn't know. But once it started coming out that it was just fraudulent numbers and everything like this, um, they said, okay, we're going to serve God rather than the government. And ultimately that needs to be our relationship. We need to, we need to serve God not serve government, but we need to acknowledge when government acts righteously, we need to, uh, or in what appears initially, as in the case of John MacArthur did, in the best interest of our neighbor, so that we're loving our neighbor, uh, then we submit to them. Uh, but going back to something that you said earlier, um, people, Christians, professing Christians, they are more interested in political discussion and political dialogue than they are Bible dialogue. Um, I've had people say uh, that they hate debating the Bible. So they'll debate me about not debating the Bible (laughs) and then they'll go to debate politics all day on Facebook. And I go, what's wrong with you? Right. Politics is not your savior. The gospel is your savior. Do you have proper doctrine? Do you know this Jesus that you claim to follow? Let's talk about these things and then let's address the politics. Um, because th- th- there's there are so many people that in, that adhere to the Republican Party as the savior. And and just for the listeners, I'm going to say the Republican Party is not the Christian Party. Amen. OK, it's not. Uh, so so stop looking to the Republican party to be your savior and as the party of God, it's not. Uh, But we need to restructure our priorities. If you care more about debating and dialoguing about politics, than you do uh, teaching the word of God to your children. There's a problem. Amen. There's a huge problem and you need to reorganize those priorities. And so, so we've viewed government as the top thing, politics as the top thing that we need to be discussing. And it's not, we need to first be discussing the gospel, Christ, God, and then how we are to live, uh, submitting to God first. And then how does the, how do we submit to the government in light of, of submitting to God? Well, I don't know if everybody's noticed or not, but if, um, if you've been, 
following anything, you've noticed that uh, we don't actually have two parties now. We actually have one party and then the other, uh, if you want to call it the offshoot of that one party, is just there to tell us what we want to hear. And I don't yeah. care which side you're on. You know, and the thing is, is, is what I've noticed is when you have, you've had some people that have come in that have, have been um, uh, attempted at being uh, astute or righteous of uh, doing what was right. Um, you have the never Trumpers and you have the never, you know, whatever, whoever you want to call it. It doesn't have to be Trump. It'd be anybody and say, you know, I'm not going to adhere to, adhere to this person because they're not, um, they're not uh, godly enough or they're not mm -hmm. you know, politically correct enough or, or, you know, all of the different positions are being said. Um, I keep going back to Daniel. I noticed that in Daniel that he submitted and that he submitted to the government, through the authorities. Mm -hmm. And Nebuchadnezzar was uh, much worse of a tyrant than anyone yeah. uh, that we've had. Uh, he killed anybody he wanted to. He lifted up anybody he wanted to. He abased anybody he wanted to. He did anything he wanted in all of his province which was the whole world at the time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it was given to him by God to do so, Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter 3. Um, you, you see that, that God was the one that gave him that right and authority and charged him with that. And that's the example that we see that uh, you know Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar that you are the one who has been put in place by God, mm -hmm. and yet Daniel would never submit to Nebuchadnezzar or anyone else trying to force him into uh, a worship or a pagan uh, worship or any, anything that would cause him to compromise his faith. Mm -hmm. And that's where we stand. Uh, Old and New Testament tells us that exact same thing. You know, I, I think it's you know a theonomic view that says we have to have the absolute perfect, you know, uh, theocracy or the theonomic uh, president or whatever else. Uh, and I'm not blaming all theonomists, but, but I'm saying a lot of them, a, a lot that I've talked to, uh, they will come down to this, I will never vote for so-and-so because they don't fit that dynamic. And I say, wait a minute, hold on. We want to find the most uh, most upright person that we can find for leadership in our context. Because you think about it, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't ever voted into office. Right. Right. We get the privilege of voting, mm -hmm. whether it's corrupt voting and, and, and all of the Dominion voting systems and everything else have, have done away with all that, you know, that's another debate, but we get the privilege of voting right now, and some places mm -hmm. don't, right? But even yeah. whether we do or not, we need to to pray for and hope for the best government officials that we can yeah. see that God would bring in. And and one last point, and I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute, but uh, Andrew has, has said it many times, now that Biden is the president, by hook or by crook, however he is president, we need as Christians to be praying <laughs> for him for his salvation yep, um, and for uh, Kamala Harris, the, for her salvation. Mm -hmm. And we need to be praying that, that God would use them for his glory and yep. our good and that we're able to proclaim the gospel in whatever situation we're in. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. And so, so if you it, listeners, if you want a, a, a quick summary of the two party system, the Democrats and the Republicans, the Democrats want to steal your money. The Republicans want to pass legislation to steal your money slowly over six years. Okay, that's so right. it's the same goal. <laughs> yeah, but, but here, here's the thing. Let me let me wrap this up, and then we got some other things we want to do. Uh, we have some stuff that for matter of theology to do. Uh, but I, the way I see this, Drew, is I see this as there's far too many Christians that are trying to make America moral again, and it mm -hmm. never was. 
Yeah, that, so, that's so the, the thing. The they, they, is, they, they don't want to make it righteous. And that's that's the real. I think the real yeah. underlying issue that we have here is, as Christians, we want to see America righteous, yeah. and they want to see America moral. And there's moral. two different ways you go about yeah. doing that. If yeah. you want morality, that's okay. Legislate it. Go to the government, and that's where you go. But if you want righteousness, you go to Christ and you yeah. share the gospel. Right. So, so the reason uh, we're not seeing any either of those take place in our country is a failure of the church because the church has quit preaching the gospel from the pulpit, and then the people are not equipped to take the gospel into their everyday lives and preach the gospel. Yeah. You know, so, of course, as an as an addendum to this, and I agree with you guys on on all this stuff. So, Drew, and this is a lot of stuff I've been teaching on in what you just said about a proper view of Romans thirteen. There's one one point we have to really make sure we understand. The government has no business in the church. Right. Amen. That's right. And it's it's both biblical and and in America, it's also guaranteed in our constitution. So you want right. to ultimate Romans thirteen, it's there. Right. So once the government starts to interfere in our church and our way to worship, when they start to try to um, be the leader over the pastor who's mm-hmm. the leader of the church, we got problems. And that's right. where we have to, we have to be able to push back and say, this is not a righteous government. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I go that far in terms of what we need to be doing and protecting ourselves. Cause then, then we have the ability for pastors who, who understand that right to continue to teach their, their mm-hmm. people right to go out and share the gospel the way they're called to do. Last right. year is an absolute disgrace on the church that, uh, that the church was literally paralyzed across the country and people were paralyzed in their pajamas on Sunday mornings if they even decided to watch church. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's terrible to think about. I'll say one other thing too. One of the things that was, that's been disconcerting to me in a lot of the groups I've been speaking in over the last couple of months is that there are, there's a lot of patriots who are not Christians, a lot of Christians who are patriots first. Yep. yep. And those groups look almost the same. Yes. yes. And so when right. I, yep. I've been teaching lately, I've been having to pull people back and say, hold on a second. <laughs> Your master is not government. Amen. Your is not a political party. Your master is God. <laughs> Your master is his His book (laughs) and that is what we are to be going by with everything that we do and so the reason why we can be patriotic is because god guarantees the right that we're also guaranteed in our constitution correct there's that connection it's just you got to get the order right first it's god yeah yes that's right first (laughs) that's right well let you know drew there's something you and i gotta gotta do here um so I'm going, to, I'm going to put everyone else in the backstage just for a little bit here while, while we take care of some matter of theology business. Yeah. So now you can, can stop yelling at me. Yeah, because you, you, you had a, a, a giveaway. Why don't you describe your giveaway that you had on matter of theology? Yeah, so the giveaway we did was we're giving uh, to three winners a copy of The Death of Death and The Death of Christ and The Mortification of Sin, both works by John Owen, and they're uh, two works that every believer needs in their library. Uh, so we we had these extra copies, and so we said, well, let's just do a giveaway through the show. Um because we want to bless people with giving them these works. Uh, and so we reached out to you or I, well, we had the idea, and then you reached out to us uh, just to get things right. Uh, and then basically, you've been staying on top of us about doing it. 
Yeah. So we, we, we have a giveaway. And uh, so the, the nice thing about this is the computer generates it. So you have, from the looks of this, almost 50 entries or 50 people that entered and almost 750 entries. Now, I did see you had, yep. you had one person who really wants to win. They're, they're, they're like a quarter of all the entries. This person really mm. went out. But um, so let's let's hit the button and see. And our first winner is Chris Honholds. Chris Honholds yeah. won. Hey, there you go. There we go. How did Chris Honholds get in here? I don't know. I think I think I entered him. Okay. The second okay. winner is oh, you didn't tell me I can't put it in that only one person can win once. Chris Honolds wins again. Chris Honolds again? Yeah, okay, let's see. Three times. Chris is a three time winner. He gets them all. <laughs> that is, what that's, is he going to do with with all those? That's basically what happens. Chris Hunholds wins any anything that goes. Let's go for real now. <laughs> that was that was fake. That was just for Chris's benefit. All right, so we have we have three people to pick from, and we'll we'll use uh, whether they're verified or not. That means Chris Hunholds, since he didn't verify, can actually win this. <laughs> so three three winners. Ready? <clears throat> so we click the button. This will be funny if Chris actually wins. Did someone say he? They knew that was going to happen with Chris Honolds. <laughs> All right. Well, one one name we're going to have to disqualify because it was me, and I was in there to test. <laughs> All right. So with that, the first winner is drum roll, please. And Anthony, you're not going to like this one. Donald Jacks. Donald Jacks is one nice. of the winners. The second winner is. Travis Lawson. Travis Lawson is the other winner. And then I have to pick someone that replaces me. Travis, my son's name is Lawson. So, And the third is Elaine. No last name. But we have the email, so do not worry. Yep. We will get a hold of you. So Get a hold of you, and we will get your address, and we will send those in the mail. All right. And so uh, we have, just before we, we end the, the Matter of Theology podcast... Uh, I'm going to bring Phil in here. He has a question that um, may may work out well as a teaser to have some of the matter of theology want to hear what Drew's answer will be on Apologetics Live. I don't know, because it may have something to do with something that, you know, is interesting to Drew. Phil, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm just reading a really good book here. Um, What do they believe? I like that book. It's it's right there. Look, huh? started, so. You know what? Put that you down and pick up some Van Til. It'll do you better. <laughs> oh. Van Til. I've been wanting to read Van Til. You can read Clark, too. <laughs> yeah, well, if you can read Van Til and understand it, you get kudos because he's not yeah. easy. Okay. So, Phil, what, what question did you have for us tonight? Well, I have a family in Canada, and they're under shutdown orders, and people are getting huge fines for breaking one little rule, mm. walking in the wrong place, or to get groceries at the wrong time, crazy things. Uh, there's pastors up there who are being fined and threatened to jail for keeping their churches open. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to encourage my family. They're Christians. Um, how do I encourage them? How do we prepare for things like this that will probably come in the near future here? Mm. See, right here's where we should just cut it off of matter of theology so that they have to come over to Apologetics Live to hear Drew's answer. But we'll see where Drew, where Drew decides to cut off so, his podcast. So, so is your question, how do, how do we prepare for that here in America? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think that will happen here in America just because uh, constitutionally they can't do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
did it oh, did he sorry, did I get yeah, to... did, did you not see what Pelosi did with with the uh, you know State of the Union speech she's ready to do that with the Constitution too she doesn't mind ripping that yeah. up yeah well none of the none of the liberals do that's why they they think uh, we actually need a new Constitution um, AOC has said that um, but I would say you keep meeting uh, you, you serve Christ. Uh, you keep meeting mainly because going back to Romans 13, Romans 13 is we are to come under submission under our highest governing authority. What is our highest governing authority here in this land right now? It's a document called the Constitution. So the Constitution puts restrictions on the government for doing such those things, um, which is why Dr. MacArthur opened up again and other churches really didn't even close. Uh, There are, are some smaller churches that we don't even, you know, know their names because they didn't get recognition uh, news coverage that didn't even close. Uh, So I would say you keep meeting, you know, the people need a place to go where there, where hope is preached and the gospel is proclaimed, where there can be that fellowship and that unity. Uh, Because once you start closing things down and you start shutting people off, that's when people start panicking and they start getting depressed and they start uh, freaking out about stuff. No, we need unity. We need fellowship. I mean, the Christian walk is one that is not done alone. It's one that's done in fellowship. So we need to gather together as often as we can. So if they threaten that here uh, in America, you keep meeting because our constitution prohibits uh, the federal government from doing those things. All right. So, Drew, just to, to give you a chance to close out your show, we're going to continue with Apologetics Live. But any anything you want to do to close out Matter of Theology, maybe let people know that eventually Chris is going to make it back from Florida where he's been just basking in the sun on the beach, I'm sure. Bud likes that because Bud's Bud's like yeah Bud. (laughs) Bud seems to think that Florida's always sunny, but I went down there and there was no sun and it was cold. He blames it on me, but <laughs> Andrew just has a way of bringing the cold uh, with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, you know, matter of theology, we we used to put out uh, episodes every week. Uh, that's going to be slowing down uh, now, just because I'm doing. I'm going to be pulled away, focusing on some some other things. I'll be in sporadically, but Chris will be uh, the main host. Um, with with doing that and coming up with topics and having guests and things like that. Um, so I'll be in and out, but Chris will be uh, the main host from here on out in matter of theology. I was really just sticking it through for, you know, for the giveaway. I said, you know, we need to do this giveaway and I'll stick it through for that. Um, <laughs> you wanted to see if you won your own giveaway. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Even, you know, even though I've got the entire works of John Owen right here, uh, I, I still wanted to win my own <laughs> giveaway. That's right. Uh, but I mean, we, we are excited for what 2021 is going to bring because regardless of what people think, it's a good time to be a Christian. Uh, it's a good time to proclaim the gospel because now people are going to be coming to you just for because you're speaking truth. Uh, they're going to become hunting you down saying you can't say that. And guess what? Now you get to tell them you know, even more. Uh, so, so we're excited for, for matter of theology and some of the things we've got planned, uh, cruciform 2021. Chris is a speaker. I'm a speaker, Andrew, you're a speaker. Um, it's going to be 2021 is going to be just a good time. Um, 
for us. So, so we can't wait. So we hope that uh, if you're turning into Apologetics Live, uh, that you'll tune into us as well. Because basically everything is a matter of theology. There you go.